thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into your lives. And today we have a very special guest. Melissa Ambrosini is the next generation spiritual leader and absolute ambassador for choosing love over fear in every moment. Through her retreats and live events, books, coaching, booming online community, Buddha radio show, game-changing programs, and keynotes, talks, she's definitely very busy. She had a busy year last year, too. Melissa has transformed (laughs) the lives of thousands across the globe. Her mission is to empower the masses to take back control of their lives, master their mean girl or bad boy, smash through their limiting beliefs, and karate chop self-doubt to live the life of their dreams. Welcome to the show melissa thank you for having me awesome i'm pretty excited to have you back on the show melissa you um one of the things that uh, you talk a lot about uh in your programs and the recently tour that you just done um what was it called step up was it yep step it up step it up and i think one of the things that you deal with a lot is one-on-one coaching in regards to finding people's purpose now i got a big question for you because i know this talk we're going to talk about purpose and passion so for those listeners this is going to be a great um episode i want to know why do you think that people struggle with finding purpose in their life i guess because we kind of have these ideas from our parents or maybe a school teacher said something to us when we were younger and we kind of get these ideas in our head that we have to, you know, go be a doctor or go be a dentist or an accountant. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those things. It's we are kind of living somebody else's life and we suppress the thing that really lights us up most, which may be, you know, which may be accounting or which may be singing or which may be, you know, life coaching. But we kind of suppress that thing that really makes our heart sing in order to make somebody else happy. So it's something that I see all of my clients, they come to me and they're they're at that point where they're like, okay, I'm 35 and I've been a whatever for so many years and I'm really miserable, I'm really unhappy and I want to go back to what that thing was that that really made me made me shine and made my heart sing and I want to go back to doing that. So the reason why I think people struggle with it is because we have these preconceived ideas of what our parents want us to do or you know principles or whatever it is. But when we what happens is when we suppress that thing that really makes us shine It's only a matter of time before it's going to burst out of you at some point. Mm. I think it's also too, do you think it's also because we, even as when we go through elementary school and high school, we focus on all the things that we fail at? You know what I mean? Like Mm. we never embrace what we are great at, you know, because if you get an A in something, it's like, oh, don't worry about that. Your parents don't worry about that. You got to worry about the, the C and the D that you're getting in that subject. And so rather than focusing on our strengths, we're actually kind of focusing on our weaknesses all the time. And so we, we, you know, when we actually end up doing things that we really don't want to do, do you find that your clients kind of get to that place? And then when they become an adult, you can't be a kid anymore because there's responsibility, right? And mm-hmm. so they, they also struggle with, you know, I guess financially to, to be responsible, but also doing the things you, you love to do. And this is, I think this is going to be a great podcast because I'm going to be spending a lot of time just dealing and dwelling into that. So tell us what are some of the challenges that uh, your clients would experience? And I'm sure the listeners would feel the same way. Definitely 
the money thing. They think, well, I can't make money out of being an artist or I can't make money out of being, you know, a singer. And that idea of I can't make money out of my passion is an absolute load of BS. But it's, you know, imagine if Beyonce thought that like that, you know, or, you know, Michael Jackson or, you know, those, those are brilliant performers. Imagine if they thought, oh, I can't make money out of singing and performing. Um, it's just this idea of something that we're taught. And from a very young age at school, we're taught to kind of be boxed in and to not let our uniqueness shine out. And it's, you know, they want us to kind of all be uniform and the same. Um, but you're right, when we're younger, those things that we excel in is what we really need to nurture. You know, the things that we are doing really well and the A's that we're getting, that's what we, as parents, we need to guide our children to um, nurture those beautiful, special, unique gifts because we all have them. I'm no more special than anybody else. And no, you know, we're all the same, but, and we all have these beautiful, unique qualities, but some people just really suppress them and others have nurtured them. So it's about, you know, coming back to what is it that makes you unique and really special and really hone in on that. Melissa, do you, this is really nice. I'm loving it. Is, is, there, is there a point in someone's life that it goes to a point of no return? Is, is it ever too late for people to actually shift their mindset or change things around? Never. It's never too late. And I have clients from as young as 14 to as old as 56, I think my eldest client is at the moment. Nice. So, you know, I mean, a majority of my clients are, are, you know, from 20 to 35, but I do have that broad range. And so there is, it just goes to show that there is absolutely no limit. It's just a matter of where you are in your life. And I feel so grateful that, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom in my early twenties and that was my catalyst to change my life. I I haven't always thought like this and I haven't always, you know, been on this path, but I had an incident where I got quite sick and it made me really dramatically look at how I was living my life and it made me shift everything. So yeah, it's it's interesting. And I'm not saying that everyone has to hit rock bottom to make that change, but, you know, it could be sitting in a meditation or in a yoga class where you go, oh, my gosh, I, I really want to follow my heart or I really want to do this. It doesn't have to be quite as dramatic as what I went through or an illness or any sort of dramatic experience. And so, Melissa, that kind of leads into my next question, which is there are a lot of people who are sitting out there saying, yeah, this is great. Like, I want to follow my passion. I I want to live my ideal life and live my purpose. But I'm actually not sure what my purpose is. Like, I'm actually not sure why I'm here on this planet and what it is that I can do that's going to make my heart sing and make me happy. So how do you help those people who just aren't sure actually what their purpose is and what they want to do? That's a great question. This is what I help people with, with my one-on-one coaching um, and my program that I'm launching later in the year, which will be launching in September. Um, this is exactly what I'm going to help people find out because a lot of people do. They say the same thing to me. I don't know what my purpose is and I don't know what my passion <laughs> is, but I, I know that everybody does have that one thing or maybe it's a few. You know, I have multiple 
passionate entrepreneurs that I work with. So maybe there's a couple of different things that light you up. So what I suggest to people is stop doing the things you hate and dislike, which then creates space for more of the things that do light you up. And it's almost like sooner or later, there'll be no more of the things that don't inspire you and don't light you up. And there'll just be so many of the beautiful things that do inspire you. And then it's in you. It is in everybody. It's in absolutely everybody. They know that thing that, um, that does really inspire them. What happens is we've just kind of piled on all of these excuses over the years and we've suppressed it so far down that we've kind of got to dig a little bit and do a little bit of clearing out the clutter and the dirt to find it again but Mm. it's always in there it's so true like one of the things that you know in my life is is finding self-confidence within myself and um it's 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 a battle i think for a lot of people in terms of finding that certainty uh, within themselves and having that confidence to go try different things and so uh, you know i'm not saying i struggle with it but I'm, there's definitely all of us have that part in us um, some more than others why do you think our society pushes um and, or suppress that confidence and certainty uh, you know as we grow older i guess you know confidence is something that we do really need to it's like a muscle we need to really work on it from within it's not Mm. something that you can attain from external sources you know if someone tells you you're amazing and you're this and you're that it doesn't really matter unless you really do feel it within yourself um and i and i feel like it is something that is so important because if you have that grounded strong confidence and certainty within yourself like nothing can rock you Mm. absolutely nothing but you know maybe and a lot of people lack that because of maybe something that happened in their childhood or um you know they were told that they weren't good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or whatever it is so we kind of then start to believe that but it's it's a it's a tricky one and it's something that we all work on you know i still work on it too but there's those moments where there's so much certainty and confidence around a decision that you just kind of go for it and it feels so good but then those you know those murky moments where you don't really back yourself and you don't have that grounded connection with yourself it's so it's like you kind of bang your head against a wall a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that so much, Melissa, because I know from from my personal journey, you know, I've I've spoken to people, even people recently who've come up to me and I've been talking to them and they've sort of said, oh, wow, like you're actually just like quite normal. Like, I expected you to be kind of like really confident or even cocky or arrogant because, you know, you do this podcast show or whatever. And, and for me, like I think of myself as a complete opposite. I mean, growing up, I had a really bad... Or, I had a lisp that was pretty significant. I used to get teased about it mercilessly. I was so such a geeky, nerdy kid at school. Like I was just not the confident kid. I mean, I, I didn't have a girlfriend until I was out of school. Like I, I was not the confident kid at all. Um, and then people say, oh, yeah, but you do this podcast show and, you know, you talk on stage. And I think people don't realize that just because you do those things doesn't mean you're, you know, supremely confident, that, that often you're yeah. actually just as shy as everyone else. I know for me personally, it was actually just a decision to do more. It was actually a decision that, well, do you know what, what, what I was doing wasn't working for me. And so I said, well, I'm just going to be more outgoing. I'm going to say yes to things. If someone asked me to go speak on stage, I'm just going to do it. And, it. and so it was almost a decision to do more that led to that confidence. I mean, is that sort of what you would recommend to people to sort of dig their way out of that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And also because you're doing something that you absolutely love, oh, because absolutely. you are you are doing your purpose, you are on purpose and you're you're doing what you're passionate about, that confidence just shines through. Yeah. But if you were to get up and go and speak about Oh, I talk about this all the time. Like I remember being at school and how much I hated public speaking at school, but it was it was in English class and we'd be standing up, you know, reading a poem, which just isn't my style, you know. Yeah. It just wasn't floating my boat. And then to go from that to then standing up on stage, you know, the next big thing I did was stand up on stage in front of perhaps 700 people talking about chiropractic as a chiropractic student, which was in some ways incredibly intimidating, but also completely different because it was something I was passionate about. Exactly. Exactly. So when you're doing what you're meant to do, when you're on purpose, all of those little insecurities slip away. You know, I was exactly the same. I didn't really like public speaking at school, but, you know, get me to talk about this sort of stuff and you can't really shut me up. Melissa, it's awesome. When I was, uh, you mentioned in the early part of the call or the early part of this recording that um, when, when, when people do accounting or they do something like that, I actually did accounting. I did, to my, did the, you? yeah, my first year of accounting was my f- most favorite two and a half years of my life. It was incredible. <laughs> so, <laughs> took me two and a half years to pass first year, but I, uh, I, I sucked at it. I couldn't pass my first year accounting. It took me so long because I wasn't inspired by it. Mm. I then went to study to be a naturopath path and loved it to bits and then passed with honors in herbal medicine and there are some jokes around that and we won't share that tonight but uh, I, you know I loved naturopathy so much that then I, I moved on to chiropractic and because I kept on following my dreams and following the things that I loved and made decisions more around what I loved rather than the expectation of anybody else um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about and I'd encourage anybody to do it at any stage I graduated as a chiropractor um, with kids that were 10, 11 years younger than what I am, but some of them are actually my closest mates you know, ever, along with the boys that were on the, on the call with tonight. But, you know, you can make massive life changes and it's never, ever too late as far as I'm concerned to go and make changes. I'm actually thinking about what I'm going to study next. Exactly. That's so beautiful. Wow. And, and I think people, ex- you know, your passion and your path, your, you know, it's going to shift. It's not going to be the same for the next 50 years. So, you know, now you're doing what you're doing. Tomorrow you may wake up and feel completely inspired to go and become a nurse, whatever it is. I might not. I might not, but someone else. (laughs) Well, I think what you're saying, Melissa, is that it's okay to switch. And I think I tell kids all the time, you know, like I've switched careers, you know, so many times. And so I'm just about to embark on another career shift. And I think that's what it's about. You know, people get scared. I think what you said right at the beginning of the call is that, you know, our parents or society trains you to think that you have to have a quote unquote career, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you, and career doesn't mean like you're going to stay in that. Like, yes, it has, sure, that was the case about 30, 40 years ago. But nowadays, I mean, people are barely staying in their jobs for more than two years, you know, mm-hmm. and they're changing. And I think the new generation is about, you know, discovering you know, the things you like and then, you know, my dues something for a little bit and you start to realize that, hey, I got major skills in this area and all of a sudden you embrace it to the next level. So I think that's what, that's what's shifting. I think that's what you're talking about. But I do want to have, I do have a question for you though. 
Um, since since I read your, I was wondering where you were going with that. No, I, cool. I have to have a question because I want to know because I've been even touted as sort of being the good boy on on the show uh, compared to these these two boys, and so I want to know how to master the bad boy in me. So because <laughs> you, you mentioned that in the bio, so tell us how to for those for those of the That's quote unquote good boys, so how, to, how, to, how, to, how do you master the bad boy? Get a tattoo. <laughs> so. You know, a lot of the women that I work with um, have, you know, and I do as well. I, I talk, I refer to the ego as the mean girl or the bad boy inside your head, and that's that voice that says you're not good enough, you're not successful enough, you're not worthy enough, um, you can't do that, or whatever that running commentary com- like says to you. Um, so I really help women and men identify um, what it is exactly that that voice is saying and then we work out, we work on reprogramming that voice because a lot of people think that the ego is them talking. It's, it feel, they, they believe it and they buy into it and they think that, oh, well, maybe I am, I am, I'm not good enough or I'm not successful enough or and they kind of buy into it. And the thing is, everybody has an ego. The difference is, you know, some people's is a lot louder than others. So what you're saying so, is, that we is do ego need to- a dirty word? No, it's not a dirty word. And it's not about killing the ego or smashing the ego. There's different spiritual texts that talk about killing the ego and getting rid of it but it's not it's, it's almost like you've got to become best friends with your bad boy or your mean girl so, yeah um, LT get bad <laughs> all I can think of is Lawrence rocking up at the next wellness summit like on a Harley, Harley. Davidson motorcycle oh, yeah. <laughs> tattoos leather jacket gold chains on stage little piercing through his nose it's going to be fantastic my hair might not be done no, so back, on, <laughs> back on track David we say, you know you obviously just did your step it up to all around Australia and obviously you were talking to a lot of people about this mindset stuff but I guess also as to how this applies to their general health and well-being so you know a lot of our listeners are looking at particularly this time of year you know making changes to their diet making changes to the way they exercise those sort of things you know how does this all fit into that picture and, and how do you recommend they use that to create those sort of health and well-being changes in their life One thing I get all of my clients to do in the first session is write down everything that their mean girl or their bad boy commonly says to them. So we all have like a couple of really, really common ones Um, and maybe it's you're not smart enough or you can't do that or you're not skinny enough or you're not pretty enough or whatever it is or who do you think you are, you know, running your own business, no one's going to listen to you or whatever it is. Um, So I get them to identify and write down everything that that voice says. Once they do that, and maybe it's, you know, at this time of year, oh, you never stick to your resolutions or why are you even making them? You know, oh, you can't do that diet or you can't do that or, you know, get them to identify exactly what that voice is saying. And then I get them to go through each one and ask themselves, is that statement true? Like, is it true? And usually once they read it back to themselves, they're like, well, no, I'm not a stupid idiot or I'm not a worthless so-and-so. And when they can see that, I then get them to rewrite a new statement. So they go through each one and they do that. 
Sounds like um, a part of the reason why people get stuck in this situation, Lisa, is that they have low self-esteem. Is that what you tend to find? Yeah, definitely. It's it's a lot of worthiness. You know, a lot of uh, the one of the most common things that I see is what you know worthlessness, mm. and that really breaks my heart. And you know, if I I always ask people if on a scale of one to 10 and 10 being the most feeling the most worthy and zero being worthless, where would you sit? And a lot of people are like, say to me two or three and that breaks my heart. It really does break my heart. But, um, and usually, do, do you think that, um, that comes from their workplace, their home life, um, sporting field, you know, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, where, where do you think is the, the biggest thing there and how can people identify whether or not their um, self-esteem is actually getting crushed on a daily basis? I think it's it happens very young, um, really, really young and it's something that maybe someone said to us at such a young age that we kind of, it's you know, take on board and unconsciously we hold on to it and take that's through with us through our life. Um, but I guess it's it's coming back to listening to that voice inside your head and asking yourself, hang on, is that actually true? Or, you know, because we all deserve the absolute best. We're all worthy of abundance. We're all worthy of health, of happiness, of whatever you want but we've got it and there's no point in, again, me telling you, you know, my clients that you're worthy and you're amazing. You have to learn to feel it within yourself from the very core of your being. I, and it's something that I work on every day, you know, and something that I have to continuously remind myself, you know, about. And, and often, you know, I used to say a lot of the time, oh, I'm so lucky or, um, I'm so blessed, and and now I change that dialogue to no, I'm I'm worthy of this. Mm. I'm worthy of this success, or I'm worthy of this offer, or whatever it is. So changing that dialogue around is really powerful. Well, what about the dialogue of the kids? I mean, I, we I got two young kids, and a lot of us have young kids. Is there, you know, what what are some of the things or techniques that you would suggest or strategies to teach our kids to ensure that they're going to have great self-confidence and certainty as they grow up, especially in the society that we live in because, you know, society suppresses that, you know, quote-unquote ego or suppress that certainty. What are some of the strategies that you would recommend for parents to teach our kids? Well, I have a seven-year-old stepson mm-hmm. and, you know, we we encourage all of his gifts um, and we will never, ever, ever suppress his gifts, you know, um, but and we talk to him like an adult and we explain to him you know why why that's you know really beautiful what he did or i think you know confidence is it does by telling someone that you know that's not right or they can't do that that really and especially at that young age it sinks into them like a sponge and they will remember it and they will, you know, carry it on through their lives. So we just have to be very, very careful with our language around young children and just continuously. It's not, you don't have to say to them, you're amazing and you're beautiful. Mm. Like you don't have to speak like that to them, but, you know, just constantly 
nurture their unique gifts and that's going to organically really inspire their 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 specialness and their uniqueness i think sorry i, I want to say this too before brett just jumping in there for a sec um sort of jump in on you but the one thing you just said was something that's pretty powerful and i don't want people to miss it is that you know watching the language as a parent mm. and you know and being okay with that you being aware that you may have said something that you caught yourself on at least but as long as you catch it and switch it around i think that's pretty powerful so you know like we've done that many times and uh, i think that's a really powerful thing for parents to continually look and monitor the language and tweak it can see how it actually affects your child absolutely and they are just like little sponges aren't they yeah, and I think the thing I loved about it, Melissa, was you saying it's an ongoing process. Like it's something mm. that you need to just keep, you know, and these little reminders are just fantastic for that, you know, even for myself and I'm sure for Lawrence and Damien, you know, you listen to this and you think, yeah, that's just a great reminder to keep on track with that and to make sure I do keep reinforcing constantly all the time and because it is just so important. But Melissa, the thing I'm interested in, you mentioned before, you said you work on your self-worth every single day and you spoke about being conscious of your language and how you speak about things, but what else do you do for yourself each day to help build that self-worth? There's lots of different things that really make me personally feel healthy and strong that I do each day, which is meditation. Um, You know, I meditate twice a day and that really quietens down that voice in my head which is what meditation does um and it's it's a tool for me that has been really really powerful um and I call it you know it's like a muscle we've got to continuously practice and work on ourselves every single day it's it's you know it's like going to the gym if you if you want abs you can't just do it once every three weeks and expect to have abs. You've got to continuously, you know, work on yourself, watch your language, you know, do the things that light you up, whether it's meditation or exercise or nourish your body with beautiful organic food and get great rest and, you know, lots of clean water. Do the things that are going to make you the best version of yourself because when we do those things, we, f- we show up to the world as the shiniest, best version of ourselves. When we don't do those things, we're showing up as this 50% half-assed, shitty version of ourselves. And is that really fair on our children? It's not really. And I have a lot of mums that I work with who say to me, I don't have time to meditate and I don't have time to look after myself. I've got, you know, three children. And, and I remind them that, when you don't top yourself up, you're giving them this cranky, moody version of yourself. But if you just take, you know, it only takes five minutes or 10 minutes just to sit and breathe or, you know, make yourself a herbal tea or whatever it is that lights you up. Go for a swim in the ocean. Doing those things are going to make such a difference to our children. And then our children will grow up seeing that, we honor ourselves and that we care about ourselves and then they're going to do the same but if they grow if they grow up watching us put ourselves second and then first what do you think they're going to do yeah i love that. that's exactly what i was just going to jump in and say melissa is that you're actually teaching them how to honor and respect themselves you're teaching them how to look after themselves by the way that you look after yourself and what exactly. you do and it's so important there's actually a great little video that was shared around on facebook just yesterday or the day before showing that showing these parents following their kids around and, and actually copying their behavior and it was just awesome so yeah 100% you're just teaching your kids how to look after themselves by looking after yourself which is so important 
Exactly. We're their biggest teachers, you know, and they just look up to us and respect us and they love us so dearly. And it's what you do, not what you say. Exactly. And even, you know, if if they grow up seeing their mummy and daddy doing what they love and being on purpose and following their passion, they're going to do the same. But if, or if they see their mummy and daddy going to a job that they hate and, you know, loathe and whinge about, they'll probably follow in that footsteps as well. Mm. Melissa, thank you so much for your time. I mean, um, this has been amazing stuff. So I would love to make sure that people check out your website, which is pathtowellness.com.au. Melissa, do you want to tell us what's happening in your world this year and uh, kind of guide you know, our listener to a couple of new things that that's happening in, in, in your life? And you- Yeah, definitely. So this year is pretty big. Um, the last year was big too, but there's some great things coming up this year. I've got um, a book coming out. Um, I'm working on, I'm doing another retreat, which I did one in Bali last year. I, I took over, um, some women to Bali and it was incredible. So I'm running another retreat. Um, and I've got a live program coming out, uh, called mastering your mean girl. Um, and and I've also, and, and the bad boy, of course, of course. (laughs) And then I, uh, in September, I'm launching an online program which basically uh, takes people through finding their passion and purpose in life and turning it into a successful, thriving business. And yeah, so and in the middle of that, I'm getting married. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, congratulations for all the things that uh, you're doing this year. And uh, I'm sure we'll love to hear your successes. And uh, so guys and girls, obviously, check out pathtowellness.com.au. That link will be also on our website. Thank you so much for your time, Melissa, and your insights. Thank you so much for having me. So guys, go to uh, join us on Facebook and uh, tell us what you think about Melissa and tell us some of your challenges and uh, in your passion and purpose. And uh, maybe some of you have actually found your purpose and passion and what they are and uh, share it amongst them how that affected your life. So join us on Facebook. Uh, go to www.facebook.com slash The Wellness Guys or slash The Wellness Couch. Like us there while you're there and share this podcast with your friends, your families and other strangers that you think that need a wellness update and subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and leave a comment there too as well because that's what uh, Damien loves, of course. So until next week... Only me. Yeah, only you. Begin creating wellness (laughs) into your lives. Lead by example. Let's change the world health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.